Before we start this episode, I just wanted to let y'all know that we are in the works of making a private school football award show. Uh, it will cover all divisions and all of that, but right now we need funding for the trophies that we want to present to these athletes. Um, if you want to help donate, it would be greatly appreciated, and you can look find that out at our Patreon, which will be down below, or you can find me on any of the social medias and we can talk about uh, money there. Uh, please reach out. Anything will be really, really helpful, and now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to episode six of the private Texas Private School Podcast. I am one third of your hosting crew, Wes Tolleson. As always, I'm joined by my good friends, Walker Lott and Ryan Schroeder. Guys, how are y'all doing? Yes, sir. Welcome back. Another episode. Doing good, doing good. You know, yes. starting off the new year right. Exactly. And uh, we have another solid episode for you today. We're going to, uh, we have two very good interviews and uh, we're all be able to detail some of the wide receiver rankings that just came out and also at the end of the episode we're going to get to cut ryan loose and let him unleash his just swath of basketball knowledge upon y'all so trust me that's something he's been waiting a long time to get to and you'll be very very uh pleased by it i guarantee you but before anything we'll actually jump into these wide receiver rankings uh this past week texas private school football guy released the class of 22 wide receiver rankings um and this is a class that I think has a lot of underrated talent that is getting a little bit overlooked. But I think as you watch these kids in their senior season, you'll really see how talented this group is and how they develop. And this class is led by standout Dylan Bell from Kincaid Christian, uh, number who's number one in these rankings. Uh, he holds offers from several Power 5 programs such as Tennessee, Utah, Ole Miss, and he's also offered by Toledo and Houston. And the kid has a great combination of size and speed. Uh, specifically, he runs the tunnel screen very well, as you see that a lot on his tape. Um, and it's just someone that you have to get the ball to in space and let him create plays. And you see that in most of his film shows him lining up in the Wildcat. So it just shows he's someone that you get the ball in his hands and you let him create plays. And he has a lot of aspects of his game, you can tell, will translate well to the next level. Um, I think actually we have an interview potentially lined up with him in the future. So you'll want to stick around and watch that. He's a very special player. Um, moving on to number two, we see Chris Brazell from Midland Christian. He holds an offer from Florida Atlantic. And he's a long, lean kid, and he loves the 50-50 ball. And as a former receiver, that's something I love to watch kids go up in high-point footballs. And he runs a fade, especially on the goal line, about as well as anyone I've seen. Like I mentioned, he's just someone that you put the ball up and let the kid go make plays. Uh, if you haven't already, go watch his tape. Uh, it's very, very fun to watch. Uh, number three, we see Joquan West from the Village School. He holds an offer from UTPB, and he is a tremendous athlete. Uh, his running and jumping ability is unmatched by anyone in his division, and he's very spectacular after the catch. And uh, he's just – the talent in his division isn't necessarily to the level of what you see in Division One. However, he is someone that I think could compete if given the chance to play at the uh, TAPS Division One level. And it will be interesting to see how his game translates to the next level. 
Uh, number four, we'll see a name that we've covered before on the podcast, and that is Blake Youngblood from Parrish. He's a tremendous route runner with outstanding quickness and can turn on the burners when needed. Um, he was one of Preston Stone's favorite targets this last year. And look for him to have a standout senior season, regardless of who they put at quarterback. And number five, rounding out my analysis, we'll see Xavier Neal from Lutheran North. Uh, and he's a very gifted athlete. He puts up video game-like numbers. I can't even count how many touchdowns I saw on his film. And like Jaquan West, he's a tremendous athlete relative to the talent he's playing against. And even though the talent that, like they're playing against isn't necessarily to the level of Division One in taps, I think they could both perform very well at that level. However, rounding out the top 10, we will see Gus Sanchez from Fort Worth Christian at number six. At number seven, we see Zeke Long from McKinney Christian, a kid who I've been very high on in another podcast I did. I watched him and Blake McGraw torch Grace's defense, and he's a very gifted athlete and watch him to perform very well this next year. At number eight, we see Cameron Price from Houston St. Thomas. At number nine, we see Connor Duffy from Dallas St. Mark's. And at number 10, we see Nathaniel Hill from Parish Episcopal. So those are the top 10 receivers you see from the 22 class. Um, I recommend that all of you listening to this go and look at that list a little more in detail and, you know, really get to know these kids, especially if you're scouting them. I think there's a lot of hidden talent here, but I'll turn it over to you guys. Walker, you first. Uh, what do you think about this class as a whole? And is there anyone that you want to hone in on? I mean, I would say it's one of the deepest, like, in the class of 22, it's probably one of the deepest, like, positions. Like, you can go, like, to this second list, and there, it's still talented players. Like, like even the guy from San Antonio Holy Cross, Marcos Cedillo, like, this year he put up video game-like numbers in Division Three, and he's the number 24th ranked player. I mean, that's that That means how much of depth they have in this class is, is insane. Um, like, they have, like, you know... And Nolan has one, two, three guys in the top 30 uh, ranked here. And that's also insane. I mean, I really, really like Dylan Bell. Dylan Bell is probably one of the top players in the Houston area, greater Houston area. And absolutely one of the top players in TAPS and in, in private school, especially. Um, the offers just listed by themselves. I mean, even, he's still getting offers and even his junior year wasn't even that long. And it's still like it's still getting the offers you have. I mean, six two two oh five. That's that's a perfect perfect like person for a receiver. Um, uh, Chris Braswell at six three one seventy. Like like you said, like that deep ball, that vertical threat. You need to always have a guy to have that vertical threat in the lo in that locker room. And I think that's a perfect guy in Midland. That that's gonna be River Rodriguez's perfect target next year for sure. Uh, Blake Youngblood, I mean, he put up almost, I think he had 700, almost 800 receiving yards last year. I mean, talented dude. And so he'll be big time for them next year. Um, and I'm excited to see Gus Sanchez. You know, we always talk about Jacob Trimble on this podcast, but I mean, him on the opposite side of him, that's a big time target for whoever's the quarterback next year for Fort Worth Christian. So besides that, I mean, a lot of different dudes that are going to be very, very good next year. I'm excited to see him play. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ryan, is there anyone you want to hit from here? I you basically just ended off what I was going to 
say about Gus Sanchez, how him, uh, the you know, the Jacob Trimble. I think that's something you got to look at, especially if you're playing in that division. You just gonna like that, that, you know, that was my division in high school. That four-word team is going to be scary next year, and so will that Southwest team, and so will that Grapevine team. But I think you got to look back on the list, go Blake Youngblood. Blake Youngblood playing for this Parish team, this Parish team that competed for a state championship and stuff. And you got to look at it to the fact of, wow, like, you know, they're producing talent year after year, you know, no matter what, still got a wide receiver in the top five in the class of 2022. And, and then, and then you look at it from Chris Broswell, which you said exactly what I was going to say as well. River Rodriguez, Chris Broswell, that's exactly the combination you're going to see with a, with a, you know, a two, uh, basically a number two uh, quarterback with a number two wide receiver. I mean, it's kind of how I'm looking at it there, kind of how I'm looking at it. And I think that's really a threat next year and something that's going to open it up. How we talked about on this podcast all the time, how River Rodriguez, I mean, how Midland Christian is just waiting to have that spark, just a way to just jump out and, you know, make that jump to be the next big team in 6A, right? And I think that's another guy. And I think we've already, you know, touched enough on him. He's got the perfect size. He's already got the, you know, good amount of offers. We know they're going to keep rolling in this year. Just like the rest of these guys are going to keep rolling in offers. Dylan Bell looks like a great candidate as a wide receiver. And I, I, I hope to see him do well. I hope to see him get a couple of bigger offers. I mean, he's a stud, right? And I think he can start getting more power five offers as the summer comes in a little bit too. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I completely agree. And those are all a bunch of good points. It'll be really interesting to see how many of these guys that do not hold offers as of now will pick up offers as the season goes on. Because I think the more you scout these guys and you look at them as individuals, you'll notice how much talent this 22 wide receiver class holds. However, that's all that we have for the receivers. Uh, Now we get to move on to something fun as we have an interview with uh, Nolan Catholics, Jadan Burnett. So right now we'll cut into that and show you uh, what we got to talk with them about. Hello and welcome back. I am here with Jadan Burrett, Nolan Catholic, defensive end, and newly Louisiana Tech signee. Thank you for bringing, being on with me. All right, so, you know, I just want to start off, you know, start off talking about the season and just, you know, what were your thoughts on the season just overall? Uh, So I think throughout the season, we had a good season. We definitely had a good season. We, we, went, we, met our, we went to our goal making it to the playoffs then going to state was our final goal that we just had to finish the job. And unfortunately we can come up with that, but that was definitely our goal. Yeah. You know, I, I was actually, I went and went down the Waco and watched y'all play on that state championship game because, you know, I, it was, you know, just a big time game and so much talent, you know, was on the field. And I of course had to go watch it, you know, yes, it was not the outcome you of course wanted. And, you know, that's not what y'all wanted, of course, but I mean, one thing I can you can never say about your team at Nolan is that y'all gave up, and I think that was one of the things you know you have to respect. Cause like me and the co-host, we were me and him, me and Wes were just sitting there and we were just looking at. We we're like, they have energy, and it's three minutes left in the fourth quarter, and their stands are hyped, and y'all's sidelines were hyped. And I was like, you don't really see that really at any other high school in the state of Texas anywhere, you know. And I would like, especially with y'all down, I mean. Of course, like the ending was crazy, you know, back-to-back, uh, uh, whatever, onside kicks that y'all caught, you know, and you went down and scored, so it made it such a more exciting game. But, I mean, talk about your team because, I mean, I, I was just shocked because, like I said, none of y'all gave up. Like, it, it, it until that literally the last yeah. buzzer, like, is that, like, that was drilled into you, like, that you're like, all right, this is, it's not over. 
Yeah. I just I talk to me about that. Like like talk to me about your team and that like mindset y'all have. Basically, the mindset is like going into games like that because we always was known for a team that started off slow every right. game throughout the season. We get out of that when we go to the playoffs, but we couldn't get out of that for some reason. But basically, the mindset of the game is never over. Coach Bowden always installed on us to make sure you finish until there's no more time left on the clock. That's basically what we were trying to do, but we just came up short at the end. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And looking at the season, you know, y'all dealt with something that really no other senior class has ever really dealt with, having to deal with a like a, a team and a season during COVID. But, like, how was it dealing with being in a season during a pandemic? Oh, it was definitely different. Some right. stuff we couldn't, some stuff we could do. But, I mean, we got through it. We made the best that we can out of everything, basically. Right, because I, I've talked to so many players, you know, coaches, stuff like that, and, you know, they always say, like, it was like having to face a second opponent all year of just making, keeping making sure, you know, your mind was focused, you know. Because all of y'all, of course, have grades to deal with, too, on top of it, you know. Like, you know, I know we were talking earlier just being like, you know, not you had, you know, online classes, you know, you probably were just, you know, guys just at home or something like that, working on your classes and then, you know, going into going have, going to drive up to the school and get your mind back onto, all right, I got to go practice, get ready for this game. So, you know, it's just, it's hard to do, like, that's hard something to deal with, I bet. So growing up, you know, like we talked a little earlier, you know, I grew up in Fort Worth, you know, with the Southwest, you know, always heard about Nolan in the seven on seven games, you know, here and there, but I just like... How is it being at Nolan? Because, I mean, it like as the powerhouse is really in Fort Worth, you have you and you have All Saints, really. You know, that's y'all are the big two in like the Fort Worth area. I mean, not even like you can you can include public schools in that. Like you two, y'all's two schools are the big time names in all of Fort Worth. So, I mean, how is it being at Nolan Catholic? And then also like just talk about the culture that is there. Uh, so basically, I would say being at Nolan Catholic to me, the experience that I had is basically just competing every day. Right. Just fighting for your spot, giving it up all for the team, doing what you're supposed to do, doing your job. That's what our coach always says, Coach Green, our linebacker coach, do your job, be on 11. And then play as a team, basically. That's a culture. Right. So, and going away from football for a second, like how is, like, how is it like the culture there at Nolan Catholic for sure? Uh well I haven't been I haven't been out of school in school this year right. but last year I would say very serious about their grades everyone's making sure they sound on point we had this program it was called IGs where there's no zeros so you gotta go punishment after practice basically but wow. we make sure everyone stays on their grade. That's awesome. Um yeah talk like okay so you know I know Coach Bowden came in early you know not that long ago I mean at least when since I've been in high school I was in high school you know he came in and the turnaround for y'all's team at Nolan Catholic was, you know, you've always been a premier team in taps and in private school for sure. But I mean, like it's the turnaround recently under him, you know, has been dramatic. And I just oh, talk to me about him and then talk to me about these coaching staff and any of those guys you really want to mention. Uh, you talking about coach green? Yeah. Him, any uh, your strength and conditioning coach, any guy, like talk to me. <laughs> So Coach Green is like one of the coaches because he's like a linebacker. He's like your average linebacker coach, a coach right. that's going to coach hard, that's going to get him in you and teach you like that. It's basically him, but he's a great guy. And then the D-line coach that coaches me, Coach KJ, he's a fun guy. We're always doing fun drills. He's always trying to make sure he's also teaching us life lessons as well as that. 
but we just have a great coaching staff in general honestly i can just say it's not enough i can much i can say about any of them right like you know you came in you know your third year you're so you're going into your sophomore year so you've been there for three years talk to me about growing up with these seniors i mean having like you were you know the first team to lead y'all's team to a state championship in a while there at nolan i mean just just talk to me about your brothers in that senior class and what they mean to you in that program. Uh, most of them, I mean, there was some, some of them was there as freshmen. So they grew up through the whole process. But since I came as a sophomore, they really welcomed me to, into the program from the school I was coming from. And basically, ever since then, we've just been growing up together. I've been getting to know each other. we all been sharing experience through football through the season, seeing how we interact with each other and just basically playing together, learning how to play together. Right. Um, I, what, what, why we started this podcast, you know, is we always talk about kids, you know, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of light that is shed onto, you know, private school football in the state of Texas. You know, you have the big ones, you know, like y'all division one that's mentioned a lot, you know, in the newspapers and stuff like that, but you know, division three, you know, division four have not, but that's why we did this, you know, so we can highlight these guys. So, uh, you have a lot of talent, of course, at Nolan Catholic, as, as we all know, um, what is something like give me a couple of dudes that you really think are important to that team and um like guys that are you think are guys that are not really talked about you know a lot but like in like you know the media but are very key guys to your team um i would say the most underrated person on our team to me is eric franco he definitely deserves yeah. better offers than he has not down to the ones he has but he does a lot for the team, calls the plays, everything, making plays. He makes the most plays, I would say, on the team, and I think he deserves more credit. Yeah, that that was probably one of mine looking back at the season. I mean, first-team All-State linebacker, too, and the offers he has doesn't correlate with that. I mean, I think that's ridiculous, and I'm just in the media, so that I agree with that 100%. Um, you know, talk to me about, you know, on like you y'all's defensive de- defensive line, I mean, star studded. I mean, with you leading the way and being one that I arguably you gotta say like one of the best players in all of private school, especially in Taps Division One. And you, I mean, Eric Franco, uh, that y'all's front seven was d- deadly this year for sure. I mean, talk about just talk to me about your guys in that front seven because I mean, you have a lot of guys. You know, they're you're young dudes. You know, you're the old guy in that le- that group. But I mean. But, I mean, just talk about those guys for yourself. Uh, so, we have Caleb James, he plays the tackle. He's a big help because he's on my side. So, he's always getting pressure up the middle and forcing on my side for me sometimes. And I'm always, we always helping each other out. And then you have Manny Veal, the other D tackle. He's like a run stuffer, basically. And he basically just shuts down anything that comes up the middle, basically. And that's a big help for us. And then you have Curly Thomas. He's a young stud coming up. So, yeah, he always gets to the quarterback, too. And then you have Vincent Age. He comes down and make plays as well. And then you have Eric Franco that does the same thing. I mean, that's that's deadly if I've ever seen it. Um, you know, a lot of things that no one really talks about is the adapting from you know the public school life to private school. And you know, talking you know you came from yeah. YMLA your freshman year. Talk to me about having to adapt because I know I it, it's of course a private school is of course a whole different change. You know. Having to wear the uniforms, that that different thing for most of these guys, you know, they're Christian schools, so having to deal, with, you know, chapel, you know, mass stuff like that. How was it adapting from public school to that private school life? 
uh, it was definitely pretty harder because educational wise, it was way harder. Right. And practices, I wasn't used to like a full practice because our practice was way shorter at YMLA. And also, I don't want to like down us, but they were also more unorganized than it is at a private school. Right. It was just totally different. And I'm not used to also, we didn't have, we wasn't like a Catholic school either. So there would be a lot of bad things happening at the school. And plus, we lived in a bad location too also. So right. also that. But it was definitely a big change for me and also better change for me. A lot of these guys like, you know, the, the having to adapt to like a school that really like challenges you academically like it it's hard to do and i mean and i think that's something they really need like i think private schools really need to help get focused on for a lot of these guys that just want you know want a better education because i mean we talk about it now like private school like it really does help you in college because you know it prepares you for the course load and all that and um I think that really is really beneficial, but it, it kind of hinders a lot of guys when they their first year in because it, it makes it's a lot of struggling, you know. Yeah. All right. So here's like here's like the class couple of questions. You know, here's some easy ones. You know, like talk to me about because there's always one dude on your team. You know, it's always the hype dude that just is hype for no reason, gets everyone energized. Like, who is that guy in your team that like is kind of like the hype dude for your team? Oh, uh, well. I would say there's a lot of people, but if you're going off a halftime stuff, it's Jimmy, our quarterback. He's always like, I mean, like not downing him, but like it's just it's funny to me when he does it. But like Jimmy, he's something special. That's all I can say. But he's he's always he's always hyped, no matter what. If we're losing, if we're down big, or if we're up big, he's always there for everyone. Make sure everyone's staying up and just always there. He's like a a big brother to everyone, really. Right, yeah. That's what I saw, you know, in your y'all state championship game. The guy played with so much heart, like, leading yeah. y'all's team down. You know, Irene did it, too. Like, that man was yeah. struggling that state championship game. You could just tell from all the way up there. But, you know, those guys never quit. And I, I, yeah. I, I shouted him out on Twitter because I, I had to because I was like, those guys, like, you could tell, like, those guys met. They did everything they could. And I was really, really impressed with them, especially, like, you know, them two. Um, all right. Second question. You know, I talked about, you know, the guy who's always hype. Everyone also has, a you know, that, that jokester, that the guy who always clowns, who's that, who's that guy who always jokes around? Like, can't, you can never take serious. Uh, I would say Curly Thomas and Ken and Polk. Really? They're always talking about people in weird ways. Well, Curly's <laughs> the weird one, but more of the serious, like talk about you. Right, 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 right. I mean, that you know that you know the, those are the guys on the back when they're you know giving that pump up speech you you look over to them and you know they're just smiling just because they're yeah. about to laugh or something. Uh, awesome. All right, uh, another good one. Since you are a lineman, you know you might be the skinnier, not the big boy lineman, but I mean you still are a lineman. Yeah. All right. What's your favorite pregame like pregame meal you've ever had? Probably, I would say just regular chicken pasta. Ooh, that's you can't really like that's you can't beat that you know like that it's always solid like i don't remember the last like yeah. that's pro that's probably mine like something like that spaghetti something like that something just you know keep yeah. it simple but so good you know um yeah so last question then i'll let you go for sure um i mean i know you have your future next year at Louisiana tech you know and you this is your last year you know in high last semester but you know looking at your team next year just tell us about you know what do you think this team's like, like 
you think like they can get back to the state championship next year or like what what do you what for sure like yeah, yeah just sure. talk, talk to me about him because i mean like they're like next year tell me about like who who who's gonna be like i have a question like who's who's gonna be is bledsoe gonna be the quarterback next year tell me about some dudes that are gonna be up and coming that like probably didn't get a lot of playing time but you they're gonna be some dogs yeah bledsoe the quarterback he's definitely been like he's been behind jimmy just sitting around basically like mimicking everything he's been doing. But he's also been – because our coaches teach him to like mimic everyone they're doing so they can get better and take their reps. But him coming up, he's definitely been learning a lot under Jimmy and getting better over the summer and over the spring. So he's definitely going to be a kick factor in them winning games next year. And then on defense, you still have Vincent Page and Curly Thomas and also Gerald Lacey, who is young, that's returning, that can also do work. Yeah. So, I mean – I, that's what I, I said, like, we talked about it, like, last episode, I think, like, who, who our projections are for the state championship, and I, I was like, y'all's, y'all, y'all's team is too talented to not make it back there, yes, so, I mean, that was my pick to, uh, go be back there next year, so, I mean, yeah, that's literally all I have for you, I mean, appreciate you coming on, um, best, best of luck for the next year, uh, for your last semester here in high school, and best of luck in college, so, thank you. Thank you. And now we actually transition to something that's going to be new for the podcast and something I know Ryan's been chomping at the bit to get done. Uh, we're going to start transitioning into basketball and start showing you more and more of that. And Ryan's been all over the DFW area watching games and taking in knowledge and talking to players. So, Ryan, I'm going to I'm going to let you cut loose and then start to like unleash all the information you've gained over the past few weeks. Yeah, so just the introduction, um, just for anyone that doesn't know, um, I actually work for Prep Hoops. That's my main, uh, it's my main side job. I did, I started this summer and I, you know, I am a student at OSU, but this was something that I really cared about and I really liked, you know, covering high school basketball. Well, over time, I've grown for a love of, for Prep Hoops, of writing articles, not really about as much as the public school kids, but a lot more the private school kids, because I thought they needed the, you know, just exactly what the same thing is for football, but for basketball. And I cover a lot of, like, private school basketball and all the, you know, DFW area. I've been to Houston for tournaments. I've been all over the state for tournaments. And I am cover a lot of basketball in Oklahoma, too. But... Texas private school podcast is going to talk about Texas private school players. And I wanted to mention some of the guys that I thought were some of the best. And I think you can already go down the list and, and you have to think about this. So when I know there's a lot of football fans that watch this podcast, so I'm going to try to put it in football terms a lot. In reality, all those SBC teams that you got in, in, you know, in reality, the SBC teams are there, but they don't play a lot of games because there's a lot of restrictions, just like there was for football. In reality, there's a lot of TAPS teams that play, but they're not, you know, they're not elite. But in reality, there's a lot, and I mean a lot of independent schools that basically don't even have school, but basically just take these kids and they play a national schedule, yet they're from Texas. For instance, the iSchool, which has Keontae George, who's going to be a great guy in the class of 2022. Uh, for instance, the Lacey uh, SSS school. Uh, SSS school, whatever, in uh, down from Houston, that they're an insane team. They have the stars that are out the wazoo, and I have stats on all of them over here, and I'll read out a couple of games from them. Um, but yeah, some of their best guys, you know, coming from Ashton Smith and as well as uh, Sir Isaac Heron, uh, both guys that are elite, both guys that drop insane amounts of points per game, and honestly have a great impact for this legacy team. I saw them get to play a tournament. Um, like 
because he actually got to play uh, Yipsy Prep in Houston, which is the team that uh, the uh, number one guy in the class of 22, if you all know him, his name is Amani Bates. And he was the one that got to play them in Houston. And, and it was a really close game for a while until Yipsy, you know, ran away with it at the end. But in reality, this team put up a fight. In my mind, yes, they're one of the number one, number two teams in the state, but it's because they're more of like a uh, prep school. Now, in reality, I'm not going to talk about prep schools. I will talk a little bit about the SBC schools, but I'm mostly just going to talk about TAP schools because I don't really think the academy schools are considered private schools. That's just my spiel for that. Anyways, getting into this, the number one rated player in the state of Texas is a SBC kid. His name is Harrison Ingram, and he's going off to Stanford University, University of Stanford. And, and I think what you have to take away from that is the fact that Harrison Ingram has been playing great for you know a variety of summer league teams. He plays on a team called Southern Assault, and he plays with a guy named uh, Colin Smith and a guy named Wade Taylor. Colin Smith goes to, uh, goes to school with him at St. Mark's. However, SBC has relegated the amount of games they play this year and said that St. Mark's is not allowed to play the amount of games they want to play. So St. Mark's has only played four games. So Harrison Ingram and his buddy Colin Smith from the class of 2022 have decided that they were just going to take all of the players from St. Mark's and they're all going to transfer over and play on the, play under the name of Southern Assault just so that they could bypass having to play under the St. Mark's name. So now they've been playing in these tournaments, aka the OTR exposure tournament that I was just at, you know, this past weekend, and and they got to play in that tournament against the big teams. They were the number one team that was supposed to play Chet Holgren team, and if any of y'all know who Chet Holgren is, he's the number one guy in the class of 2021, and he's from Wisconsin. But they wouldn't let them. Uh, Wisconsin wouldn't let them come down to come play in this tournament. So there's a lot of debacle with that. But they were supposed to be the main guys because Harrison's the number one player in Texas. Well. Anyways, that's my big spot on Harrison. Harrison's a great player, and Harrison has thought to win Texas Gatorade Player of the Year. But I put out a tweet earlier today, which would you know go against that because I have different suspicions. The next guy in the class of 2021 that you have to look at are the two guys that are from JP2. One of them's name is Manny Obaseki, and one of them's name is Jalen Tyson. They're both two solid players that I have thought have been good probably the last two years I've seen him. Manny Obaseki came from Allen with three other or four other guys from Allen that transferred over to JP2. The, uh, the year they all uh, said underneath the table that they really didn't like the Allen coach. And they said they wanted to get away from that. Instead, they decided to go to JP two at JP two. They've been, you know, blowing heads off every single game. Currently they are 15 and one. And the only loss they have is to the number like one or two team, in the uh, team in the state, uh, Waxahachie. And so Waxahachie is a really, really good team, but they're public school and they're probably number one or two behind Duncanville. And if you haven't heard of Duncanville, where's where are you where are you at? They're great at football, they're great at basketball, they're great at every sport they play. Girls basketball too. Um, so yeah, everything they play. Well, Manny Obaseki and 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 Jalen Tyson are two guys that have put up numbers every single time. And I would say, in my mind, JP two is the number one private school team, just because I think that they are are good enough. The two of them combined to take over that area. Okay, next guy on the list. Those were six A guys. By the way, those are 6A, and they both go to JP2. Next guy on the list, his name is Joseph Vincent. He plays for Midland Christian. This kid has been under the table throughout the entire time. This kid is a stud, and this kid, I watched him play, oh, my God, last year when he was totally under the table. He leads that team, and that team is all right. They're they're a little bit rocky, but he's committed to, uh, uh, to Liberty, by the way. Also, Manny Obaseki is going to Texas A&M, and Jalen Tyson is going to Texas Tech. They have already decided where they're they have already decided where they're going to go. Most of those guys already have, but those guys are main guys. And Manny Obaseki is working his way to being a McDonald's All-American. Jalen might be on the on the path as well. Um, 
the next guy I was going to mention was Sir Isaac Heron, which is the guy from Legacy Legacy SSS, uh, the team I wasn't going to talk about the prep schools, but I already mentioned you uh, about him a little bit. He's going to be going uh, to A&M as well. Uh, or uh, no, maybe it was one of the other guys. Someone on that team's going to A&M, uh, one of the bigger guys. It might have been – excuse me on that. It might have been Ashton Smith that's going to A&M. So the next team I wanted to look at – so in reality – you have the 618 that you're going to look at that's going to come out of here, and it's going to be JP2. JP2 is the team that came out of 6A out of, out of last year in TAPS, and they're probably going to be the team that comes out of 6A this year. The reason why I say that is because obviously they have Jalen and they have Manny, and they're probably just going to be the next team to come out. Well, in reality, there's another team from the other side of the state down in Houston, uh, who's or San Antonio, that's going to take these guys over, and that's Antonian Prep is what their name is. They are the slickest most fast-paced dudes i have ever seen play ball so my school was in the state championship last year and i stayed after to watch jalen play against this team keep in mind this jp2 team is better this year but so is this antonian team and this antonian team currently now is 18 and one and the only team they've lost to is austin westlake which is a public school team obviously um, and i think that's something to say that this team is no like you know they're a good good team so, guy that I mentioned on here, his name is uh, Gabino Ramos. I think his name is Gabino Ramos. He's the stud for them. I watched him play last year, but it's not just him. It's Gabino Ramos. It's Brian Armstrong, and it's uh, Xavier Martinez is his name. All play for Antonio Prep. Those guys are uh, two of them. The first two I mentioned were 2021, class of 2021, and the next one, next one was class of 2022. That team is my prediction to play against JP2 in a rematch in the state championship. It's going to be a little bit closer this year than last year, in my opinion. It was close last year, but I promise you, this game is going to be fun this year. And I think I'm going to come all the way from OSU to go watch that game because of how much I think it's going to be a good game. Um, another guy to mention that I wanted to mention, just throw a shout-out in there, Noah Khan for Houston Christian. This kid is a stud. I watched him play this summer. I love how he plays. Noah Khan is a great, great player. Next guy I want to mention is a guy named Chris Felix. 5A guy for Westbury Christian. This is the team that played my school in the state championship. This was one of the kids that didn't graduate last year, and he's a stud. He's going to be he's going to be one of the ones that takes Westbury back to the state championship this year because a team like you know Legacy, like our team is you know is not at the same level as they were last year. He's the team. He's the type of guy to bring that team back. And then I was going to mention uh, Alex Zambi, also in 5A, the Fort Worth Christian guy. His teammate is 2022 Alex Basianakis or Basinakis, however you want to say it. Um, he, both of them together, they play really well. I've seen them play, oh my God, four, four or five times this year already. I, I, fourth Christian is a good team. They just have had a lot of hard games to play. Moving into the class of 2022, I would like to state this. Now, I just mentioned Colin Smith earlier. He's the guy that's the, that's rocking with, um, you know, Harrison Ingram up at uh, up at uh, um, uh, St. Mark's or you know the Southern Assault team. They rock together on that team. Well, that's 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 a set of them. Colin's going to get some offers in the next you know next coming thing. The other guy, his teammate, his name is Noah Shelby. Noah Shelby is also going to get some offers too. But both those guys are not even the guys I want to look at now. I'm going to mention this dude and I want everyone to put him on the map. All right. And I have, I have four papers right here that are, should probably just tell you why this kid is, you know, the guy. Okay. 
put out a tweet about him. I hope he's listening. Austin uh, Benagini. Benagini? I don't know how to say it. Benagini. Okay, dude. I watched the OTR exposure. This kid plays for Woodland Christians 4A. This team's winning the state championship without a doubt. I am calling it right now. I will put money on it. I don't even care if you think DC was going to win. I think this team team is talented. They got a guy named Chase Perkins on that team, too. Also a stud. That is a bold prediction for January 7th. Oh, no. I am very, very bold about that. You seem confident. No, I'm I'm, I'm confident, so you better not let me down. All right. (laughs) Here we go. This is Woodland Christians. Austin, and in, in, in the four games that he had to play in a two-day span because they double-booked his team twice, he dropped this. He dropped 15 against JP2, which is number one team in all of private school. Dropped 15. Uh, he then also dropped uh, 18 against Southern Assault, you know, the team that had the number one player in the entire state of Texas, um, and, and Colin Smith, and the guys I just mentioned. And then on DFW Premier, he, you know, him and Chance, he decided to drop 31, and Chance decided to drop 12. But keep in mind, you know, Austin is dropping buckets on these kids, then hitting game winners on them. And and I and and you're like, what is happening? I recorded it in the corner. The kid is a stud. And then if that wasn't enough already, if you weren't already amazed by the guy that played four games in two days for having 15, 18, 31, yeah. That's a 41-point game right here, too. 41 points, and he beats Taka Storm. Taka Storm is a great team. Taka Storm is a team that I saw their, what's it called? I saw their JV team play in, in a late country tournament, and they were insane. So this Taka team is even better. One of the guys I want to mention on that team, though, his name is Austin Nunes. He dropped 27, uh, another great player. But, Guys, you gotta he he got like three to four offers after just this tournament. I mean, this kid is a stud, but he is in the class of 2022 and he plays at Woodlands Christian down in uh is down down in the south. Um Houston Woodlands Christian. Kid's a stud. Four A. I'm I'm glad I got to mention him. I have been raving about him, how he's gonna be. That's a guy that I'm gonna call is gonna be something somewhere. Um, I w- almost want to rate him in my top five. I want to I want to give so this is just a little preface. As we get into the season, I'm gonna start giving a little hints about you know of what I think I want to give my top ten and and how they're playing and maybe a little bit top five each week or whatever. Just some guys that I think played really well because I think that's you know appropriate. In reality, guys like that. Next guy I want to mention, class of 2022. His name is Vinny Sagonia. I or Vinny Sagona. I have watched him play now probably five times. Um, I watched him play at three different places five times. So I watched him play not only his gym, but at Lake Country. And I think overall, this kid's a stud. This kid leads the Prestonwood, Prestonwood team, and he's going to have to lead that team in that hard conference. That conference is consisted of JP2, Prestonwood, TCA. By the way, if you didn't know how good TCA is, TCA is currently 16-1 for what I know. 16-1. Yeah, something like that. TCA is 16 and one, by the way, big matchup tonight. We're recording this on January 7th, by the way, just to let y'all know, there's a big matchup tonight, Thursday. It's between JP two and, uh, um, TCA. Y'all will know the, the winner of that. The guy that I've been raving about on this Trinity Christian Addison team forever. His name is, Oh, I said his name like six times. I'm so sorry. Uh, Gavin Thornton. 
Gavin Thornton's a stud. I've watched him play all summer long. He is leading that team to all ends, and I think he's a stud. And that's basically going to wrap up my 2022. I'll, I'll shout out a couple of guys on 2023, 2024, and then I'll go into my teams, and then I'll be done. Um, just wanted to say uh, Xavier, Xavier Martinez was a guy I was talking about Antonio Prep and Chance Perkins from the Woodlands. I'm going to take a second to pause before I go in 2022, 20, uh, 23, 24. What, do y'all have anything to say about what y'all think from any of these guys? Do y'all, do y'all recognize the names at all? Or what do y'all think? No, I mean, I've heard some of the names yet. I haven't transitioned quite as much into basketball. You're going to know a lot more about the greater DFW area than me. I'm going to hone in specifically on East Texas and those private schools because that's what I'm close to when I'm around. Uh, Walker, is there anything that you picked up on out of that? Uh, I remember you said I remember when my school was really good at basketball back in the day when I was a freshman and we played Houston Westbury and we got smoked. So, I mean, I remember how good Westbury was been. I remember Dallas Christian was pretty good. Uh, Legacy, y'all, your school was pretty good for a while. Um, but yeah. that that's that's really my knowledge for basketball. As you can tell, I know a lot more about football, and that's why this is not my segment. But, yes, continue. I would also like to say, um, if, if you have decided to keep listening past this point, because I know I'm going on a tangent, but I would like to say this. I have had this love for basketball in the background as these guys have been so knowledgeable about their football knowledge. And I think that's something you have to look at is yes, I love football. Yes. I, you know, I try to know as much as possible, but this is my sport. And honestly, I think that's something that you'll start to see as these guys are very great at their sport. Um, so yeah. And now let's just cut into the, you know, the ending here. So 2023 and 2024, I have four names listed and I want to tell you why. Number one, I want to mention. Kendrick DeLuna, 20, class 2023, he plays for Cornerstone Christian. This kid's a sophomore this year, by the way. Um, and he is a stud. I love seeing him. He's what? I'll assume he's probably six. Yeah. So uh, 20, uh, 20, uh, 247 Sports lists him as a 6'9 center weighing 205. So maybe he has to bulk up a little bit, a little skinnier. But in reality, you know, kid is kids a kid's a stud. Kid's a stud. Right now he's ranked in the top 50 on prep hoops as you know, or, or maybe in top uh, 25 on prep hoops as a um, sophomore uh, for, for his class, which is very, very impressive, um, especially when that's ranked against all of the other public school kids too. Uh, another, another guy I want to mention was uh, Santiago Ochoa, if you, that's how you say his name. He plays for Antonio Prep. Another guy on that team that's going to make that team a stud. Guys, I've listed four guys on Antonio Prep in this thing. Those guys are studs, and they're going to win. This, they're going to, like, not win, but they're going to have a good, you know, chance of going up against that. They're, they're going to make their way all the way up into the championship, and I see them playing against JP2 in the championship for that, too. That's another one that I got going for that. And then this guy named uh, Bobby, Bobby McWard. So I want to mention this uh, McKinney Christian team. Now, when I was in high school, McKinney Christian was terrible. Um, and I'm just going to say that straight up because they were a team that we stomped on every year. We played them, you know, to the point where it was, you know, no, no, like, you know, we were, we were crushing this team, right? From what my knowledge is, McKinney Christian right now stands at, what does it say? 17 and three. They are beating some of the best teams in the entire area. And they are doing it so well. They're beating TCA. They're beating, uh, you know, they're beating teams like a legacy team that was good in the past. They're beating some of these great teams. This team is is 
a stud team. And they're led by a guy that's named Bobby McWard, who's dropping above 20-plus points a night. I think that's something you got to look at. Definitely a good guy on the rise. And he's only a sophomore, y'all. Imagine how good this McKinney Christian is going to be when he's a senior. That's something to keep in mind. Really quick, I'm going to ask because I'm, I'm going to detail McKinney a little bit um, because they're in Grace's district and the district I'm covering. Do you know what happened? Because last year they went 5-21, and 21 and McKinney's not really a school that gets a ton of athletes. So did they have a bunch of kids transfer in? I have no idea. So I'm going to make a, a guesstimate here, and I could be totally wrong, all right? So let me just make this guesstimate. That McKinney team, like the McKinney like high school team, is very very good like very good like i'm gonna rate them top 10 in the state so in reality i think players from the mckinney area were like oh shoot there's too much talent in this area we got to go to a private school now they then realize that the starting spots are getting taken up from that team they go to private school there's still a bunch of studs they go play a private school and now they're all being studs there that's not the only guy I was going to mention, too, by the way, because Bobby McWard is one of them. And the other guy I was going to mention, uh, he's also in this mix up here. His name is Jalen Wheeler. And Jalen Wheeler is also a step for this team. He's dropping almost 20 points a night, too, along with Bobby McWard. And I think those are two guys you got to look out for. Jalen Wheeler and Bobby McWard from McKinney. And we'll see how far they go this year. We'll see what their schedule Oh, Let's see what the ranking is, too, as they get into um, district play. And then my sleeper. The guy that I love and the guy that I watched in this Fort Worth, uh, Fort Worth Country Day um, tournament, his name is Kevin Doddard. His brother, his name is J.D. Doddard. I talked about him in the podcast a couple podcasts ago, or maybe the last podcast. This kid is a stud on, on the football field and the basketball court, and I think he needs some recognition. He's 2024, playing as a freshman on the basketball, on the varsity basketball team. This kid is like four years younger than me, and I somehow think that he could, you know, he could have sauced probably, you know, a lot of the kids that I, we were playing against when I was, you know, I was a senior. Like, this kid is a stud. I, I really like how he plays. He's a really nice guy, too. Really good gentleman. So is his brother. Really good uh, family, too. I really like how they play. And honestly, I think Kevin Doddard, Doddard is going to be one to look out for, seeing as he's going to follow in his brother's footsteps. Also, the other brothers on that team, too. Uh, there's another brother on the team. I don't know his name, but also has the name Doddard in the last name. So, Go look at the, go look at that Fourth Country uh, Fourth Country uh, uh, Day High School team. They're really good. But yeah, I think if that's if that's all, I'm going to wrap up there. I think if you want to just you know, I'm going to note the top three teams and what and here's what I'll say. I'm going to say the number one team, uh, number one private school, not counting uh, you know the the Southern Assault team that doesn't count. And, you know, just going taps essentially. I got my number one being JB two, my number two being Antonian Prep, and my number three being Woodlands Christian. And that's what I'll tell you right now. I love those teams. I think those teams are great, and I think those are going to be the studs. I couldn't tell you the outcome of 5A right now. I don't know enough. I, you know, obviously, you want, you want to say Westbury Christian is going to be back up there again with a guy like Chris Felix leading them again. But in reality, you know, it's always a toss-up in 5A. 5A is a very competitive scene. I have a question to wrap it up because, you know, you see like there's a lot of people that transfer into the private school to, you know, like once you like, you know, a whole thing about getting recruited in private school is like it's a harder thing to do. But you see a lot of these top pa basketball talents go to prep schools, go to private schools to play. I just I, I've always wondered why that is. So what I'm going to say is because. I mean, these kids 
are playing all around the country. So here's here's an example. The iSchool that I was going to talk about, that's got right. Keontae George, who's also another five-star. Um, he's probably one of the other best players in Texas. Um, Keontae George is traveling all across. They're in, like, Arizona right now, I want to say, or somewhere like Nevada, Arizona. They're playing all over the country, yet they're based in Texas. So hmm. guys want to go play on a national schedule, so they're recognized all over the country. People gotcha. want to play in a, on a legacy team. Because even if you ride the pine, you're eventually going to have that time where you're going to be on the main stage, and there's yeah. going to be tons of scouts just watching you. And maybe if you're in the back of someone's article because you had a standout play, you just did that in front of 30 scouts. Right. So, you know, it looks really good. Being on those prep teams is always a good thing. Um, I hate it because it, it steals away from all the TAPS guys, and it steals away from the UL guys, if I'm being completely honest. But in reality, they get the big tournaments. They're the ones playing – here, let me read off these these the, the name of these teams for you. Ready for this? Taka Storm. Taka Storm is not the name of a high school. DFW Premier Prep is not the name of a high school. Uh, Southern Assault Prep is not the name of a high school. Uh, that doesn't count. Yipsy's Preps Academy is not the name of a high school. Legacy SSS is not the name of a high school. Uh, Level Up Academy is not the name of a high school. At this point, Trinity Christian Cedar Hill is not the name of a high school. I'm just, I'm I was going to say that. <laughs> Uh, but Love Up Academy, Create Academy is not a real high school. Uh, DFW Premier Prep is not a real high school. Uh, guys, I, I went to a tournament. I've been to tons of tournaments. They don't, they're prep schools. These are all prep schools that are having national scouts watch them. That's the reason why they go transfer. Awesome. That's my answer. But, but yeah, no, I mean, Ryan, that was a very, very detailed and laid out analysis of what's going on in basketball right now in TAPS. I can tell it's something that you put a ton of work into. It's going to be interesting to see how all of this plays out as time goes on. Uh, really quickly, I'm going to give a very, very kind of skeletal analysis of uh, TAPS 5A District 2, just simply because I've watched some of the games while I've been around. And I think it'll work uh, if I uh, cover East Texas private school basketball and y'all are I'll focus on the north because that's close to where y'all are based. Um, but looking at it, we see in this district, we see McKinney Christian, which you mentioned, Ryan, Dallas Christian, Brook Hill, Grace Community, Bishop Dunn, Christo Ray, and Brighter Horizons. And it's a seven-team district. Um, it's been upgraded from the four-team district was last year uh, with the addition of Dunn, Christo Ray, Brighter Horizons, and McKinney, seeing Bishop Gorman drop out. And the top four teams out of this district are going to make it, which is a lot for a seven-team district, but that's an argument for another time. But um, it, it seems right now I'm going to predict the top four that are going to make it are McKinney, Dallas Christian, Brook Hill, and Grace. Uh, there's a very, very stark talent gap between those top four and Bishop Dunn, Crystal Ray, and Brighter Horizons. Uh, it's obviously surprising saying that Bishop Dunn's going to be bad, but as we've seen, they've had all their scholarship funding cut from sports, and that's hurt them significantly. But in terms of early analysis, like you were mentioning, McKinney is just blitzing everyone they play, and they look incredible, which is very surprising after they went 5-21 and 21 last year and really weren't anything to scoff at. Um I mean, I have them, I predict them to win the district, and I predict them to win it handily. Uh, an early indicator of that, using Legacy Christian, your alma mater, as a measuring stick. Um, DC lost to Legacy by about five, and McKinney beat them by roughly 30. So, again, I, I'm a broken record when I say the transitive property never applies in sports. However, it kind of has to be a measuring stick here, so we don't have district games to go off of. But that's why I predict McKinney to finish first. 
Um, two and three can be flipped. Both Dallas Christian and Brook Hill are very good. And Dallas Christian is actually four and eight right now, while Brook Hill is 11 and one. However, Dallas Christian has played significantly tougher opponents up to this point. And I think just early analysis that DC will finish second. And Brook Hill, who's a very, very solid team in their own right. I've watched them play, and I plan on watching them play tomorrow, actually. Uh, will finish third and make the playoffs. And I think Grace Community will finish fourth and make the playoffs for the first time since I can remember because we didn't win a district game when I was in high school, and it was really, really tough to watch. But this Grace team's interesting to me. Um, they seem very, very solid and much well improved early on in the season. And as time's gone on, they've kind of slipped up a little bit. There's been a couple injuries that have derailed them, and it'll be interesting to see if they can – figure it out for district play and uh, secure their first playoff berth in a very, very long time. Uh, however, if Grace falls out of this top four and doesn't win the games against Bishop Dunn, Crystal Ray and Bright Horizons, who just quite frankly are very bad basketball teams, uh, there needs to be a complete overhaul of Grace's program because that's just absolutely unacceptable. But that's just kind of my quick synopsis of 5A District 2. I'll have more, I'll have specific names and more information as time goes on and I'm able to cover more games. But that's just kind of a quick snapshot analysis of what I have. But yeah, is there anything else that y'all want to add before we wrap up? Uh, yes. Uh, we have officially, you know, we're still looking into the works for the award show, looking in for sponsors. Uh, but we have officially finished all of the nominees, and those will be put out shortly after this episode, hopefully. Uh, besides that, I have already decided, you know, while the offseason is going on, you know, Ryan will be doing his basketball thing, of course, and that will be one of the main things we do. But a lot of the other things is that I want to, like, one of the things is I want to do is kind of tour uh, the state of Texas. Not a lot, but since I'm not in College Station, you know, I've already thought about, you know, going down to a lot of the high schools in Houston and Austin, San Antonio areas, and just going down there, driving down, you know, highlighting some of y'all's kids, and maybe getting a podcast in, like, an interview with some of y'all's guys, go to your high school and just kind of learn about it. Um, kind of, you know, a little cool little thing that I can do when I'm, like, on the weekends, and, you know, I think it'll be something really cool. You know, that's the thing I already talked to Dylan Bell from Houston Kincaid, since we mentioned today, I already talked to him about it. And that that's going to be something, you know, in the upcoming weeks, that's going to be like one of the first stops we do to start this thing. Uh, same thing for DFW. I'll drive up to there, go all around there. Um, but it's something to do to keep football. Uh, something because I know football is still going to be our main sport because it's just how dominant it is in the state of Texas. We're going to have to keep it going. Uh, but yeah, that's something I want to do. So uh, I'll probably contact all, all schools, all that. Um, and even maybe in the baseball season. You never know. I We all, I think, probably have some friends that played baseball back in the day that probably know it much more than us. Maybe we can have a special guest on, a special host on, down to talk about the sport when that gets going around. Uh, so, yeah, I that's all I really have to add. So Yeah, for sure. Ryan, is there anything you want to add before we close? I'm good. That was, that was yeah, that was my basketball spiel, y'all. That's my <laughs> basketball spiel. There you go. No, and you're going to hear a lot more of that from Ryan as time goes on. That's all the information we have to cover. Yet again, I do want to mention um, these trophies are not cheap to make. And if there anyone is out there interested in sponsoring the trophies, I would go and help us a lot as we'll have to pay out of our own pocket if we don't. But just remember, uh, capital always helps us uh, make everything around the podcast better. But um, if that's all we have, I have been one third of your hosting crew, Wes Tolleson, Walker Lott, and Ryan Schroeder have been themselves. We will see you in the next episode. Peace. <laughs>